Hey, everybody. Welcome to an all-new episode 30 on Broadway, talking blue shirts post-Thanksgiving. Um, and the Rangers are rolling, which we'll we'll talk about in just a second. Uh, but first, I hope everybody had a, a, a wonderful Thanksgiving. You know, I got to spend time with family, friends, loved ones, such and such. Uh, you all had a great, great time. Um, I myself did. In, in various ways, except for almost slicing my thumb off, but that's whatever. Yeah, Chris doesn't know how to use a mandolin, guys. No, I figured out why. I figured out why it happened. I have a very, I am a very superstitious person. Sometimes, not even sometimes, I would say a stupid superstitious person. Uh, like I will not change my Ranger jersey that I wear to games. Until, unless there's a, like a, if a loss or whatever. So I'm rocking the winter classic Lundquist, which is basically like my go-to anyway, but I will not change from that until, until needed. Uh, you know, I had my superstitions when I played, when I played, when I play hockey, you know, when I, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So the holidays and, and Nick can attest to this. The holidays are typically like my thing is when I'm cooking and I do a lot of cooking on the holidays, I I typically will like put out a bunch of freaking videos on Instagram or Snapchat to the very like few of us that have it. And it's usually me making whatever meal or whatever dish that's being made, playing Frank Sinatra and drinking a glass of wine. And this Thanksgiving I was making a like special mashed potato dish the mashing of the potatoes was perfect. That part went great. And then on not, the top. Not, not really. Hold you, on. You the decided top, you wanted wait, to cut off let your let finger. To, let me get to it. The top of that, the the mashed potatoes were topped by scalloped potatoes that were supposed to be like crisp, a crisp topping with cheese and all kinds of stuff. It was, it was the, the, the pictures were great. So I figured, let me get this mandolin. My my mother gave me a mandolin, and I'm like, I'm going to use it first time, first time, long time, first time, first time, period. So it comes with a safety guard that you, like, stab into whatever you're having to mandolin to slice up. And that way you prevent cutting your fucking finger or, you know, anything, whatever. So the first couple passes, it's working fine. And I'm like, God, this guard is a freaking annoying. Like it, it went, it stuck into the potato too much. So I'm like, I don't fucking need it. I take the guard off. First swipe. First swipe down. I look down at the blade. And I'm like, what is all that red? Uh, what? And then I look at my hand and I'm like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and it was, it was crazy because he didn't feel it. I, I literally rounded, I basically took off the rounded corner of my thumb, just clean off, took it right off. Didn't even feel it. The potato, the potatoes got extra garnish, extra garnish, some extra protein. And man, dude, it bled like a, holy crap. And that was what creeped me out was that it was like, it was, I had blood like running down my arm. I'm like grabbing my hand to run to the, and then it's like, then all of a sudden the pain hits and you're like, holy shit. Like, ah. so that was fun. So now my finger is wrapped up nicely. It's, it's healing though for, for, you know, for those that care. 
Um, but it is my dominant thumb, which is posing its own problems, which is which is really funny. But yeah, let's not go into that. Anyways, that is what it is. What it is. Shitty situation. But and, and regardless, a wonderful holiday. I had a great great holidays. My parents are back east from back in in back east. They moved back from Arizona, so we spent Thanksgiving there. But the reason that it happened, Nick, and this is why it happened, was because I'm making all these dishes. I did not have my Frank Sinatra, and I did not have my glass of wine going. That is why it happened. You cannot convince me otherwise. Ash thinks it's absolutely stupid, but that is why it happened. To be fair, Ash also thinks... Never mind. <laughs> but I will say, my oldest, my oldest son, Nathan, who's nine, stepped up big. He made stuffed shells all by himself. I mean, he's part Italian, so he, I he, he made he less. made the stuff. Yeah, he made the stuffed shells. He mixed he mixed the ragot. He did all he did everything that needed to be done. He he, he boiled the shells. He took care of it. Basically, I stood there with hand and pulp bloody towel, giving orders like a freaking chef. But whatever. So then, you know, Sunday I get to spend a day in the in the city. My my aunt's 80th birthday, so got to see a lot of family. In, in that aspect as well, which was which was great, and here we are. So, Nick, your Thanksgiving. Uh, it was great. Got to see my grandfather, who has very aggressive dementia, and um, yeah, that was um, it. Was good to see my family, but you know, um, not not. It, it was all right. I I can't complain. It yeah, it's 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 rough like that. Yeah. You know, like we've we've talked about that offline and, and things of that nature, and and that yeah, dementia is one of the freaking. I I don't know if it's the word. I it I probably it, it's it worse. sucks. My my grandfather doesn't even remember who I am when yeah, we're that's, talking. That's, that's so the brutal the brutal it's, one. It's great, like yeah. And what makes it even better is I'm named after him, and he doesn't know who I am, so it's kind of awesome. Yeah, <laughs> Ugh, yeah it sucks. But the fun part is, I get to mess with him a little bit. Jesus, I'm not even. In I'm true not even Nick fashion, yeah. Nick's like, how am I going to make this into lemonade? Yeah, exactly. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, well, I'm my, glad my, that you went there so we could parlay into the episode. Well, it's no, it's it's funny. Like my nah, grandfather, this is a downer. My grandfather, you know, huge Met fan, hated every Met manager his entire life. Never had a Met manager that he liked. Except for Gil Hodges. Gil Hodges was his guy. <laughs> like, so what do I do? I tell him how much Gil Hodges sucked. <laughs> oh, just to, why you gotta, you, you should, man, you if can't that, do that. Yes, I can. It's actually you really can't rile funny. the poor man up. Yes, I can. <laughs> Trust me. I like you didn't it, pull a gun out and shoot you. I actually thought he was going to at one point. <laughs> like, oh, I, but, you know. Like, come here, Nicky boy. Yeah. Oh Jesus! All right, so yeah. now now we're we're moving into we're, we're gonna get away from that quick. We're moving into the Christmas season. Tis the season of giving, and the Rangers are giving a lot, giving yeah, a lot of hope, and they're giving a lot of ass kickings too around the league. Ass kickings and good vibes to uh, to for the fan base, and they just keep they keep winning. Our last episode, which. I'd like to apologize out the gate. Got cut off in the dying seconds. Fortunately, it wasn't like the Foxwoods Final Five, where we still had a lot to go. 
but yeah. we got we got cut off like right at the last point that we were on. And well, it's kind of because you're rambling like you are right now. And we had to put yeah, so we just pushed it out. So you know, whatever. That's the opening segment. You should put that in the notes. When you do notes, you should put Chris's rambling intro. That's just say, how it is. I was gonna say, don't tell me how to do show notes. You don't even do show notes. I know, but I'm just saying if you if you would like to, you know, you add have, that to your show notes, you have go never, right ahead. You have never once in like the twelve year history of us podcasting ever put show notes together. I don't, yeah, I, I don't think I have. I, I have always I done the show notes. You've only been doing the show notes since like the beginning of this year. Okay, shut up. That's <laughs> all right, anyways. So the Rangers keep rolling. They're the, I don't even know what to say at this point because they are the best team in hockey. The best team in the NHL. I mean, they've had a couple of games where you're like, Ugh, but it's one of like the Dallas Stars game. I don't even care. Just dust it off. They shut out, they shut out the Penguins. They beat the Flyers who they should beat. By the way, Jonathan Quick in that game against the Penguins was outstanding. It's, he's been out. He's been outstanding. He's just been outstanding. Like it's it's vintage. It's vintage and with a twist because of Benoit Allaire, who should have a statue outside the Garden at some point. Uh, you know, they beat the Flyers, and then they come back on a back to back. On a back to back, and a lot of Boston fans were saying, "Oh well, the Bruins are playing a back to back." Yeah, we come out and we smack the Bruins around seven to four. Just, just I, I, I wasn't expecting it at all, and not to not to downplay the game, but I, I figured this was going to be a a battle, a a hard fought, hard nosed battle. Both teams on back to backs probably going to get a little bit chippy. Maybe a little bit sloppy, but I thought that this was going to be like a, a great game. I didn't realize it was going to be a phenomenal ass kicking by the Rangers, and it was a phenomenal ass kicking. It, like it, it just it, the, the 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 crazy thing is they're doing this without Adam Fox and Filipino. Well, Heedle to me is is secondary because Heedle's not one of the best players in the league. He's Adam, not. Adam Fox is one of the best defensemen in the entire NHL, and he's he's the he is the best defenseman not named Cal McCarr. No, so, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's that's a, that's fair. And but to be to be also to be fair to Heedle, Heedle was expected to take a much bigger role, being the number two center on the team. You know, the, the spotlight really on his progression and his growth, which has been, you know, a long, a long tenure. You know, even though he's young, he's been in the NHL, feels like he's been in the NHL forever. But so to not have him and to have to slide the lineup around and do juggling, which when we've had to do this in years past, notably last year, it hasn't really worked out. It's been like serviceable, but it hasn't worked out. All the juggling and all the movement that Peter Laviolette has had to do with this lineup right now, and it is all it has it has been almost a hundred percent flawless, almost a hundred percent flawless, and that and that just screams to the to the the coaching masterclass right now by Peter Laviolette and his coaching staff, and I think on the defensive side, 
you know, like you said, you lose Adam Fox and you're sitting there going, man, what, what the hell are they going to do? Like, how are they going to, they, they got to rely on, on Zach Jones and, and Gustafson and, and these guys to really kind of take the load. And, you know, we said the last episode, Gustafson, you know, right now, I mean, quick and Gustafson, but last episode we were talking, we were saying Gustafson is the, the signing of the summer. And right now you can kind of make the argument that really it's, it's, it's quick and Gustafson and, you know, even Wheeler in there because Wheeler's been involved. Wheeler has slotted into that, that top line, which I know we're going to talk about in, in a little bit, but the Rangers, they're just, they're just winning. They're, they're going out there winning games. They're, they're giving themselves a little bit of a pad in the, in the Metropolitan. And again, it's, it's ridiculously early in the season, but 20 games in once they take on a Buffalo Sabres team who, Everybody and their mother expected much more out of this year and have gotten nowhere near, I think, what was expected. Uh, the Rangers are, are freaking rolling. They're almost undefeated. They're almost unbeatable at home. Six and one on the road, nine and nine, two and one. And, you know, they've won big games. They're not, they're, they're beating teams that they absolutely should beat. And they're winning the games. They're they're doing a really good job winning games against the tougher teams as well. And they've got themselves on a nice three game winning streak here. Uh, and and what are what are they like 13, one and 13, one, or one, and one and one? It's ridiculous. Like it's just a ridiculous number. And it's just you know really you 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 look at the lineup and you say well what what can you what can you critique? And I know we have one area which we talked about in the last episode, but. Really, right now, just the freaking the the way the season's going is is fantastic. And I'll say it's been really good for Igor too. Jonathan Quick being as good as he had, not just because Igor was hurt, but Igor kind of has started off a little slow. He hasn't looked fully Igor like Igor of two years ago. And, and maybe we don't get that. We don't get back to exactly that point. But Cam Talbot coming in here and playing the way he has been absolutely phenomenal. Kind of Cam Talbot. You said Cam Oh, because I was thinking – wait, hold on. You said Jonathan Cam Quick. Talbot. No, so Jonathan Quick, so it's part of my point. Wow, you're thinking Jonathan, about the goal buster. Jonathan Quick, the way he's come in, and it's and it's not exactly the same. Jonathan Quick has played really fantastic. But 2014, Cam Talbot was a big – a big – played a big part in backing up when Lundqvist was, needed, the, needed the help. When Lundqvist was hurt. They needed to give him a little bit of relief. Cam Talbot came in and played really good. I know that was later in the season, but Cam Talbot came up and played in a big way for the Rangers. And I'm getting kind of the vibes of where the Rangers, albeit it's different kind of scenarios, different situations. So don't be like, what's well, not the same? I know it's not the same. But having Jonathan Quick in net right now to be able to help out when Igor 1 was hurt and 2 just to give him some form of relief, was not something that we even remotely thought was was in the universe possible and has been just absolute money in the bank right now for the Rangers. And it's huge. It's absolutely huge. I I don't disagree. I it's been it's been one of those things where the the, the Rangers have really benefited from from having Jonathan Quick um on the roster, and that's something that going into the season, you and I didn't think was going to be possible because of the way, 
because of the way Quick played in the in the preseason. He well, and did last not, year too. Yeah, you know he did not look good. He did not look right, and we were wondering, man, if we got to rely on him, if something happens to Igor, we're going to be in a world of hurt. And he's just come in. He's turned back the clock and looks like, you know, 2013 Jonathan Quick. It, it's yeah. really been something to behold, honestly. Yeah, and, and even Louis, like the one game he came in to, to back up when Quick went down, even Louis was freaking lights out. And it's like against the Minnesota game, and, and you're just sitting there and you're going, man, just just right now, 98%, I would say, of the things are going right for the Rangers. Well, I wouldn't even say going right. It just – because a lot of – you know, they've been doing this with some serious injuries on the books, like we mentioned. It hasn't been easy. Igor's right. been hurt. Igor's been banged up. Fox is, you know, on LTIR and looks like he's coming back this week. Um, Heedle's, you know, been hurt. And so it's, it, it's not it's not like this has been like oh everything's peaches and cream for the Rangers like that they've they've had no issues or no adversity no they're doing this with a lot of adversity so the fact that they are you know playing well and winning despite you know some of the problems that they have going on is a testament to their coaching staff but it's also a testament to the locker room which a lot of people thought this locker room you know was fractured and didn't. Um, didn't have a pulse, especially after the way things went against New Jersey. Uh, it, it goes to show that it really wasn't the players. It had to do with the coaching. And, you know, now that this roster has some semblance of guidance from from uh, their head coach on down, you know, you see what they're able to do. Yes. Yeah. So, and that's actually key. Where you, you bring up diversity or diversity, adversity. You bring up the adversity, and, and it's critical. I think, you know, and, and people say it, and it's not cliche. It is not cliche at all. Well, Teams I, have I, to go through adversity in a season because you you have to know how your team is built for when they get punched in the mouth. And that and that's and it goes to show, like, last year with the Boston Bruins, they ran through the NHL. There were They really didn't face adversity. The only time they faced adversity – was when they got bounced by the Florida Panthers in round one. And that was one of the only teams that had their number during the season. You know, it was like Boston, they they went through, and it's kind of like the same thing with Tampa Bay, the year that they had, uh, that they got knocked out by Columbus in the first round. Tampa didn't really face any adversity all year. It was like they were on autopilot all season. And yeah, it's impressive, and they put together a great regular season, and you know, whatever, it was something to behold. But it showed that when, okay, you meet a team like Columbus who's gritty and grimy and they're going to drag you out to the deep water to see if you can swim, it showed that Tampa Bay didn't have the sea legs to handle handle that kind of adversity. They didn't really, they didn't know what to, you know, they didn't know how to how to handle getting punched in the mouth because everything throughout the season had just come so easily to them. So when you look at how everything's unfolding for the Rangers, yeah, they're playing well. Yeah, they look like a, a machine right now, but it's not without adversity, which is which is a huge factor. They they've they've had to survive being punched in the mouth. I mean, look, the win against the Devils, um 
they they you know it was back and forth. It was the the Rangers were trailing in that game until you know until they until they came back and they had call. And see, the other thing that's benefiting the Rangers too is that they're having calls that are not going their way. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Oh like, man, they they are consistently getting hold. We could spend a whole calls. episode on on that nonsense. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. So it's like, albeit I will say, I did not think I'll I'll preface it because you're you're talking about the devil game real quick. I did not think the hit on Lindgren warranted a major call on the ice, and I know it got overturned. It got killed to not a penalty at all, which I thought was kind of like okay, well, it was a tad late. That was the only thing I could have thought was that it was it was maybe a late hit. But I did not think it was a major a major play, so I don't think necessarily that call kind of got the shaft. But there's been I I can't even keep track of it anymore. The amount of calls that have not gone gone the Rangers' way. Well, it just seems like every video review they're getting screwed. Like it's 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 actually hysterical at this point. Like the amount of times that you know they'll go to video review and. You know, oh, you know, no, that's a, you know, they like the, the other night, for instance, against Dallas, it's like the, the call on the ice was no goal. And then Dallas somehow challenges it for goalie interference, even though goalie interference was never mentioned by the officials and they overturned the goal. So it's like, okay, well, that's, you know, whatever, you know, I mean, the, the intent to blow the whistle, the Rangers get a goal called off against Columbus on intent to blow the whistle. And then, the rest blow the whistle in the game against Jersey, and then somehow intent to blow the whistle doesn't matter anymore. You know, it's just, it, it's like okay, well, it's, whatever. it's crazy. It's it doesn't, it, and it's and it's not it's not like the screw the Rangers button, which which I know that's always like the joke. If, uh, what's his name? Oh man, oh I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. Uh, Boomer, Boomer Sison always says it's like there's the screw the Rangers button. I mean, in general, the NHL, the, the officiating in the NHL in general has been just brutal. I mean, there's there's calls. I mean, Anaheim just had one the other the other day that was 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 a, a, egregious as well. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, it's but like we could we could literally sit here and go and, and talk an entire episode at least. Probably have other people come on the show that can even talk even better about it. That could go on and on about how the Rangers are basically getting the benefit of nothing. Um, and it's just, it's, it's crazy. Like I, I don't, I, I really don't understand it. It just doesn't, it doesn't make a whole, a whole lot of sense, but regardless, again, it's adversity and the Rangers are responding and they're, and they're doing it. They're doing everything pretty much the right way, just about everything the right way. And I know that's an old Tortorella cliche, but I think you're seeing the structure from the coaching staff on down has trickled into just about every aspect of, of this club right now. And and times are good, very good. One of the things that's very good, and, and yes, bald hair works, still does. <laughs> Artemi Panarin has to be an early heart favorite. Like, he has to be. I mean, for me, he's probably he probably, you know, if I had a vote, he would be the Hart Trophy winner right now. Um, if we're if we're just, and I mean, if we're just speaking honestly, 
it's not even Ranger bias. It's legitimately when you look at what he's doing, how he's been driving the offense with Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider being non-factors. I mean, well, not not Kreider. In large fashions, five on five. Five on five. I won't get on Kreider so much, but Mika Mika's been um, a non-factor for sure. Mika, you know, up until having Blake Wheeler put on his wing and Blake Wheeler's playmaking ability, which uh, yeah, told you guys about that one. So you're you're well, welcome. Well, I think you did you did you did mention that, but I think you have to you do have to phrase that a little different though. Offensively, yeah, Mika Mika hasn't been produced, especially five on five, but away from the puck, and and in the faceoff dot, Mika has been solid. But he at the end of the day, you do you're need not, Mika you're to not score paying goals. Mika, you're not paying Mika's advantage at eight million dollars to be a shutdown defensive center. No, you're not. But you do. So you do need him. But you can't. You're not going to sit there and say, "Well, he's been he's been just non-existent." Listen, it's just on the stat sheet. He does need to start putting up. Points. I don't. I don't want Mika Zibanejad out here winning selkies. I know uh, that may sound ridiculous, but that's not that's not his game. His game is he's a goal scorer. So go out there and score some goals. I still say, in the dot and defensively, he's been great. Yeah, and, that, and but they need to score. But you're right. You're 100 percent right. He needs to score, and like, it needs to be more five on five. And I, I agree. I agree with you 100 percent there. He he. You know, you have Nick Benino to be great in the dot and play great defense. Well, I mean, pretty center. much everybody on center right now has been great in the dot. So, which is which is again another another big. I mean, how many years have we been as Ranger fans up until like last year, sort of? How many years have we sat there and been like? When are we ever going to get good at faceoffs? Yeah, and we even went through that phase like what was it four or five years ago, or maybe more, where it was like faceoffs don't matter. Yeah, it was uh, it was ten ten years ago when I was calling for the Rangers to trade for Antoine Vermette, and, and everybody's like, um, faceoffs don't mean anything. Yeah, and, faceoffs don't matter. It's all about puck control. It's like, yeah. oh well, and, and, the easiest way to get puck control is you and, know. And in one of those years, people. what did Chicago go and do? Yeah, they went and traded for Antoine Vermette and they wound up winning the Stanley Cup. So yeah. You know, goes who, to show who, who had big who had big moments, by the way. Goes to show winning that I, big face offs in the I, Stanley Cup final. I continue to know nothing about <laughs> hockey. Just listen oh, to the fancy stat morons. All right. Anyways. Sorry, I'm gonna get off my soapbox right. for a second, but so continuing on the good vibes. Zach Jones, a person that we were critical of. Again, I feel like we're doing this almost every episode, so we should just continue to be critical of people. I think that's what Nick is doing. Nick is yes. doing reverse psychology on Mika's yes. advantage. Because yes. we've 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 done this like every episode. I was hard on Blake Wheeler and what happened? Blake Wheeler went out, started we getting were, points. We we did not think Alexei Lafreniere or Jonathan Quick were gonna do anything this season and bam. Yeah. So, so we're sticking with this theme. Yeah, I'm I'm sticking with what works and this is what <laughs> works, and I'm gonna keep shitting on people. You know, Chris Kreider had a 50-goal season a couple of years ago. You know why? Because all I did was relentlessly <laughs> oh my God. get on him. All right, don't, 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 don't get that. Don't get that ridiculous. All I'm right, saying. Zach Jones, someone that we were cri- kind of pretty critical of, has settled in. Ben, 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 him and Schneider have been been doing God's work there on the third pair. So, and and we it, were saying it, get them, get them away from each other. They should not be together. 
they should and, and it's not to not to say neither one of them are good but it was just it didn't seem like the right the right fit well what the hell do we know we again zach jones has fit in really well that defensive group has played very good i'm not i'm still not a zach jones guy per se not long term um you know he's still a trade ship for me um, look and moving forward, especially as the Rangers need to upgrade their right wing situation Ooh, because jumping right into that, yeah, because we only have like six minutes left. We Capo Caco is not the answer. Oh man, oh boy. Um, he he he's just not, and it, it sucks because everybody, including myself, was so high on what he could be, and you know, for the longest time, I was like, all right, it's David Quinn's fault because Quinn was such a horrible coach, but it just turns out that. Kako just he just holds on to the puck too damn long and, and the play dies on his stick. And so it's just he's he's not the answer. The Rangers need a right wing upgrade. It you know, and I am not for calling up Brennan Hoffman yet. Not yet. No, and I don't think it's the right move uh, anyway, because he needs to grow and he, he needs his time in Hartford. Yeah, I, I want him to continue tearing up Hartford and continuing tearing up the American Hockey League. It's not really either, but uh, which is more of a reason why I keep him down there. Uh, let him play those top pair minutes, you know, those top line minutes in all situations. Let him get that seasoning that he won't get at the NHL level. You need a veteran, whether it's you, you go out, you make a move for Connor Garland at the deadline, uh, whether it's you – you use Zach Jones to trade to Seattle for Yanni Gord. Um, it, it, right now, the Rangers need an answer at right wing because it's not Capocaco. Does a lot of things well, but the one thing that we need him to do, he doesn't, and that's score goals. So you got to get somebody in here who can help take the pressure off the Lafreniere uh, Panarin line. Because in the playoffs, you're going to play teams with good defensive depth that's going to find a way to minimize that line. So you can't just rely on Mika Zibanejad, Chris Kreider, um, Artemi Panarin, Alexi Lafreniere. The offense has to come from everywhere. So you got to be able to spread that wealth, especially in the playoffs. And Kako's just not going to be the guy to get you over the hump, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, three points in 19 games is not cutting it. And and like I said, I think Kako – his strength along the boards and his ability to not get knocked off the puck. There there's a big, there's a big desire for that type of ability because not everybody has it. And that's, and and you really, you kind of can't, I don't really think you can kind of teach that, but it just seems like the offense, you know, and maybe it's just, you know, the plays are starting three, three passes deep after that. And he just it doesn't come up on a on a stat or it's not coming up on a sheet. But at the end of the day, when you're not necessarily getting as much five on five that you want, and you're not going to get power, you know, you're not going to get big power play minutes. And you're if you're not showing up somewhere or putting up something, I, I mean, right now that's the spot that I would say on the lineup, that's the spot that's a problem right now. Yeah, you gotta score goals, you gotta put up points. You, you gotta, gotta do something. And, and we're not talking and you're not talking just to just to be just to be clear on it, you're not saying like 30 plus goals either. No, I, I just need you you said 15 to 20. 15 to 20 will get me by on the third line. Like that's that's what that's what the Rangers need. 
They don't need, you know, I don't need Showtime Patrick Kane on the third line. I, I need, you know, you, you gotta get, you gotta give me some, you gotta give me, give me some old time Bobby Holik on the third line. And, and right now, as it speaks or as it stands, Kako's not even like projected to hit ten goals this year. He he's unless he like unless it just clicks, and and who knows? Maybe you know. Maybe right now, January moment where it'll it'll click. He's a he's a less he's. He's a non-fighting version of Tanner Glass. That's that's oh, what he is. Oh, there's no other way to say it. He does he does some good things. He plays well along the boards. He's defensively responsible. He does a lot of things that a lot of coaches will like. Problem is, he doesn't have he. There's no offense. He's a black hole of offense. So right now, yeah, right now it's just not. It's not. It's not yeah. clicking. So it's like. It, can't have that. Sorry. I felt like you saw more offense from Johnny Brzezinski. You did, and and that's and, and that's no. I mean Johnny, you know Johnny, the captain of the Wolfpack, and he's the top point scorer in the AHL right now. I think um, that's not a knock against. That's not a knock against Brzezinski. I don't. I don't mean that as a knock at all. But that's a guy that can't crack the roster because you have other players like a like a Kako right now. And I'm not saying that Brzezinski's better than Kako because he's not, but in the terms of producing and giving you something right now, you're not really getting it, and that's and that is that is a problem. But hopefully, I don't know. Has there been any update on Hedl? Uh He started skating by himself, which is great because I was starting to get real Michael Sauer. Yeah, I mean, there was no I, nothing I was, for I was, weeks. I was really starting to get Michael Sauer vibes, which was scary. All right, so last question I'm going to have, and we got about a minute, so you got to wrap it this one, wrap, wrap, wrap it up. Hedl comes back. Third line center. There, that was pretty simple. <laughs> Thank you. I was going to say, do you do you mess with you can't you nope. can't really mess third with line ce- third right line now. center. Give him a third line center. Let him let him get get let him work fight. let him let him work his way and see if Trocheck keeps up going the way he's going and you know maybe Heedle can jumpstart Kako. Who knows? Yeah. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. All right. Schedule. Rangers man, this this month could be December could be awesome. You know, you gotta speed it up because we have less than a minute. Go. I know we got less than a minute here. Uh Buffalo tonight, Red Wings on Wednesday. Adam Fox will got, be back Wednesday. Then they've got Nashville, a revenge game. They need to pound those bastards. Then they're home against the Sharks. God, I don't know if that's Win. gonna be a trap game or a quinning is not winning. Oh god, I want to beat the shit out of them. Oh. Ottawa, Washington, LA, Toronto, Anaheim, Boston rematch up at the Garden. It is a very, very favorable, very, favorable, very favorable. good December. Favorable. Right. Next week we will see you guys. Bye.